Hey everyone, welcome to the Chamber Channel's Five Questions podcast. This is the place where we take a deep dive with industry leaders for an inside look at their world. We are thrilled to bring you a discussion today on one of what I believe is our top three issues here in the Low Country. Of course, we talk a lot about workforce housing, we talk about education, but you know, workforce, uh, those those human hearts and hands that walk into jobs day in and day out uh, here, but the need for that workforce in our area. And we truly believe that the number one, honestly, folks, the number one asset that we have that I believe is being underutilized is in our talent pipeline. And that is uh, to to encourage going into certain career fields or training in career fields is that of apprenticeships. Uh, we have an apprenticeship program here in South Carolina that is touted around the nation as one of, if not the best program in the country. And yet uh, we're just not utilizing it like we should. And uh, we really want to bring awareness to the programs that are out there for our workforce and for the needs of our local businesses. So uh, let me introduce you to uh, just a great person and certainly uh, someone I'm so glad that we have uh, on our team with Apprentice SC, and that is Nicole Bentley. Uh, Nicole, tell me about yourself and uh, your, your background is in economic development. So that the conversation of workforce, you know very well. Absolutely. So yeah, before I worked for Apprenticeship Carolina, I was an economic development consultant with a fundraising firm. Um, we did all sorts of projects, but we mainly did fundraising projects for chambers of commerce and economic development organizations. And almost overnight, our projects all became about talent development because EDOs who typically don't fill the space of talent development were coming to us and saying, we have our industry kind of like coming to us in droves saying, what do we do about workforce? Because that's that's something that companies ask, right? When they come into a community, well, it makes you what does the workforce look yeah. like? Yeah. And, and this was kind of like, I, I don't know if it was just that... People hadn't thought about it, but almost overnight, almost every single one of our projects became about workforce development and talent development. And I was introduced to the concept of apprenticeship with the Charleston Metro Chamber in 2016. We did a fundraising initiative for them that focused partially on the creation of their career academy program and their their youth apprenticeship program. And they are now, I mean, at the time, they were nationally recognized, but they're still nationally recognized just for the model that they've set up. Um, and we at Apprenticeship Carolina have tried to emulate that success around the state and, and kind of bring those opportunities elsewhere, you know, like here in the low country. Um, I just registered our second youth apprenticeship program here in Beaufort County. Um, our first was registered in May, excuse me, March, 2021. And that was the first youth apprenticeship program ever that existed here. You've heard me say a bunch of times, talent attraction is the easy way out, right? Talent attraction is a fancy marketing campaign. It's a website, it's banners, um, but it's a short-term solution. It's the band-aid. Talent development is the long-term solution and it's a hard approach and people don't typically want to engage in it. Um, but that's what apprenticeship comes in to change. That's that's what we're trying to do with apprenticeship. It makes it a lot easier. So if you are a business that, uh, hey, listen, if you have all the employees that you need, fine. You can just turn this podcast off right now and you have 20 of them waiting <laughs> outside the door. Good, good for you. But I can almost guarantee you 99% of our businesses here are not like that. And they are desperate for uh, young people and uh, adults, upskilling adults, either currently in their workplace or 
that would come to them and be interested in a job in their workplace. So uh, let's unpack some of the concepts about apprenticeship. Sure, Carolina. Okay, so first of all, um, in, in just in like the next, you know, five, 10 minutes, let's talk, you know, kind of a little bit of a lightning round because I know we could talk about this all day long. I'm as passionate about it as, as you are. I know. <laughs> so, so tell me, first of all, about apprenticeships and how they work for adults and young people, sure. high school students. Sure. So it's very similar for both groups um, with a few differences in the length of program and the education. Um, but all apprentices go through a program that have three main components, the first being on-the-job training. Um, so that's what you typically think of when you think of an apprenticeship. On-the-job training is kind of a buzzword. That is where you're on the job site working at the employer with hands-on experience and you have a mentor guiding you through that process. And you're going to have to do that in any job. If you hire any employee, right. there's OJT involved. Okay, exactly. so, so let's just get that out there right now that if you think that's an object, uh, that's a, an obstacle to you having one, you're going to have to train an employee. Right. So just, right. And this just gives a you a better way to do it. Yeah. 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 Um, and the, the second piece of this, which I think is what makes apprenticeship unique and different from other work-based learning experiences, is the job-related education component. Um, and this is meant to be supplemental education for the apprentice to better understand what they're learning on the job site. Um, it can be anything from a couple courses, a certificate program, an associate degree at the technical college. Um, if it's a youth apprentice, it could be what they're learning at the, the Korean Technology Center through their CTE track. There's a variety of ways that this can take shape um, and it can be in-house at the employer. Simply, it is meant to help the apprentice better understand what they're learning on the job. So they take what they're learning in the classroom, they apply it on the job and vice versa. They complement each other and just help the apprentice be more well-rounded so that when they graduate their program, they truly are seen as an expert in, in the field. And what business would not want an employee to just get, just upskill just a little bit, just right. hone in, sharpen. Uh, it, we're not talking about going from, you know, being in, in one department to, uh, to the next, but maybe sharpen. Uh, in business administration, maybe you just want an extra accounting class to better understand the financial right. literacy of things. So, okay. Mm -hmm. okay. And then the final piece of a registered apprenticeship program, I should clarify, Apprenticeship Carolina only deals with registered apprenticeship at this time um, is a wage progression. So a wage schedule. Apprentices do have to be paid. And this is how it differs from maybe, again, other work-based learning experiences. The, the minimum is federal minimum wage, and they have to receive at least one increase by the, the end of their apprenticeship um, that is a penny different from where they started. And you can, an employer can build as many increases as they want. So for example, if it's a two-year program, they could do an increase every six months or halfway through at 50%, you know, 50% of the competencies completed. Uh, and this is all transparent. When the apprentice signs their apprenticeship agreement, they get that upfront. They know exactly how they can earn their wage increases. They know what they have to do. They know what the wage increase is going to be. And, and it's just that added layer of transparency because how many times have, have we heard of people in jobs that say, yeah, I don't know how I earn my raise. I don't know when I'm going to get a raise. I don't know how I'm able to, to achieve that. And this takes that away. This takes that secrecy away. And it makes it, it again, in my opinion, it just sets the apprenticeship up for success um, and the apprentice up for success because they know exactly you know, how, how they're going to go through this program and, and what to expect. And other than starting at the federal minimum wage, you can go anywhere with this, with this wage increase, with this step. Of increase. course. Yeah. Oh, and, and of course. The business determines it. That's really important. You know, apprenticeship SC, the government's not telling you how to do this. It truly is going to be up to you to set up this. And, and another thing that Nicole said, registered apprenticeship, meaning you just can't go rogue on saying, okay, I'm going to set up an apprenticeship and you, right. and it, we hope you will, um, but that you actually go through this 
them to register this with the Department Correct. of Labor uh, so that in the end, the apprentice actually gets something out of it as well. They get a certificate. Is that a right? credential? A, a yep. credential. Mm-hmm. And, and going through using, using registered apprenticeship with the Department of Labor versus just kind of a program that a company comes up with on their own. Because of that, we can certify that these programs are high quality. They're a standardized set of skills. So I, when I create a program with a company, I use what I call a sample outline for their program. That outline is completely customizable, but oftentimes I have a sample that they can work off of that the industry has come together, industry businesses have come together to create, to say, okay, to take someone from 0% proficiency right off the street where they know nothing to make them fully proficient in this occupation, these are the things that it would take. Right. Um, And because it's registered apprenticeship, we can a person going through, for example, an electrician program or a certified nursing assistant program in South Carolina is going through a very similar program as an apprentice in Texas or California or Michigan. So standards, kind of it's standards. Yes. Yep. Like, and like when they, a school. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they get a credential and um, the employer is not required to hire their apprentice at the end of the program, but the apprentice still gets that credential. So if the employer doesn't have a full-time spot available, that apprentice can go apply to another company and they have that credential but you're as the not power behind want them. them too because they're no. be rock stars. <laughs> no, <laughs> truly. This in, is why in, people in your business. Right. People mm-hmm. get into apprenticeship because because they most likely have a talent pipeline issue for one reason or another. Well, let's talk about that. So why should someone or a business, a business owner, a human resource department decide to set up an apprenticeship program as opposed to just putting out uh, an ad on LinkedIn or Craigslist to say, we need a worker or a part-time worker and just go at it yourself? Sure. Um, so there are a lot of benefits to apprenticeship that make it, in my opinion, more valuable than traditional training experiences. Uh, I heard a really great quote last week that I've been using like wildfire. And it said, when you look at an an internship, how you define success is subjective, right? Okay. Well, I want my intern to learn this. And if they came away with this experience, then great. It it differs for each person going through it. For an apprenticeship, it is very... um, transactional in the sense that there are a defined number of competencies that your apprentice has to learn by the time they graduate. It is on paper written out. So you know exactly how you can define success for an apprenticeship. It's on paper right there for you. Um, Apprenticeship is a proven model of success in the sense that it reduces turnover. So apprenticeship actually has a 94% employment retention rate and apprentices are proven to stay on staff an average of 3.2 years longer than traditional employees. Well, that'll just make yeah. people run to sign up right now. Mm-hmm. And this incredible. went up. This went up. It used to be 2.9. Mm-hmm. And so we did a, a survey with the University of South Carolina um, Business School. We mm-hmm. surveyed over 250 companies and we just, we updated the survey mm-hmm. in the last few months. So the number used to be 2.9 and it's only getting better, right? It's right. 3.2. Um, and my, my personal take on that is when someone feels like the company is investing in them, they're more likely to invest back in the company. Um, As a registered apprenticeship program sponsor, which is what we call employers who have a program, we call them program sponsors, um, you are getting a high quality standardized workforce. So if you have five people currently on staff and maybe they have a varied set of skills and Electrician is my favorite example, um, just because I had someone say this to me. They said, well, you know, if I have five people, I currently can only send two of them to the job site to do this specific skill, but I want to be able to send all five. And I don't want to have to rely on just these two people. I want to have the ability to send any of them. And that's what your apprenticeship program is going to give you. Um, South Carolina is one of 
the few states. I don't want to say the only stakes there. I'm sure there are others, but I know not all of our neighboring states offer this, but we offer a tax credit to participating employers who pay taxes in South Carolina. They receive a thousand dollar tax credit per apprentice per year for up to four years of the apprenticeship. Um, so if you have an apprentice that's going through a three or four year program, you're getting a thousand dollar tax credit for each year that that person is in that program kind of as a way for us to, you know, give back to the employer. Uh, and a lot of people ask us, well, what's what's in it for Apprenticeship Carolina? What's in it for the state? And I like oh. to say, well, we put in a lot of time and effort um, into economic development yeah. and bringing businesses here, helping them grow here, helping them expand. And we want to keep them here. And they will not come here or stay here if there are not bodies and jobs right. that can be right. filled by skilled workers. Right. They right. just can't do it. Exactly. So so we exist. And other and states we, will want them. Yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> we want and, them. And we try to bring all of our, you know, all of our tricks in our bag to the table to to make it happen. So, but yeah. And then finally, you are creating your own talent pipeline. So as I said, you're not required to hire your apprentices, but that's why people get into this, right? It takes you out of the cycle of continually posting on LinkedIn or Indeed.com. And I have a lot of people come to me and say, oh, well, you know, this apprenticeship takes a year. I needed someone yesterday. I needed someone for the last six months. And, you know... I, I little bit of tough love, but I say, well, how long have you needed someone? Has it been five years that you've been going through this cycle? Yeah, stop the cycle. Get yourself out of the cycle. Yeah, stop um, the insanity. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And and start developing your own talent. And again, I think a lot of people are afraid of that commitment, but that's what apprenticeship tries to do is make it a little bit easier and more digestible and, and doable. You are uh, based out of Technical College of Low Country, right? Right here in Beaufort County. Uh, yeah. You know Beaufort County, you know Beaufort County businesses, Beaufort County workers. And you actually have that great relationship with TCL. So there could be, there could be a student at TCL right now that is looking for the work that you could provide them in healthcare, in IT, in Mm -hmm. technology, in the skills and trades that are in classes right now that are begging for you to set up your program. And Nicole, then you can connect them. Is that how that works? And you can find that student for them and they interview like every other worker. It's not like they get assigned to you. Correct. The the business has a lot of power in this. Yes. And I don't directly source candidates for for employers, but if the program does utilize TCL, that is a benefit that TCL is going to try to connect them to students who are already in the program going through this to see if they're interested in applying and interviewing. Um, And because they're on your payroll, they're your employee. They show up, you know, if you have your employees show up at 7 a.m., your apprentice shows up at 7 a.m. They are on your payroll. They're your employee. They're just considered an apprentice, if you will. And TCL would make that connection. I know for a fact that the CNA program, Shelby Simmons does an excellent job with that program. And we are actively seeking employers to sign up for CNA apprenticeships because these individuals see the success that Right at Home has had and, and they want to be able to go to an apprenticeship program as well. They they want access to that and right at home can only employ, you know, so many people. Um, so yeah, th- th- this is a reality. Can, These can students just, exist. Can, can you just say that again? You have... You have employees that are looking for lined up. I have students who students. want to be part of apprenticeship yes. programs. Oh, wow. That's yes. music to my ears to hear that there are just this, this pool of candidates that are just waiting on jobs because mm-hmm. that is not the story that we're hearing and seeing from so many of our businesses. No, right no. Well, yeah. 
Uh, so, um, so let's let's talk really fast about um, we've talked about how apprenticeships benefit the workforce pipeline. We, we know that we know that you know students and the business uh, can can gain. But can you give me a success story of either a young person, an adult that has gone through an apprenticeship program and have have found their their happiness? Absolutely. So we have a great success story here in the Low Country. Uh, her name is Kimberly Speaks, and she worked for Right at Home in Bluffton. Uh, and she entered the apprenticeship program through Right at Home Bluffton. Her education was paid for by grant funding from Apprenticeship Carolina. Um, Kimberly went on to become, she was first NASH caregiver of the year for Right at Home Bluffton office. And then she actually went on in 2020 to become caregiver of the year nationwide for all Right at Home yeah. franchise branches, mm -hmm. or I don't know exactly what they call them, but she went on to become caregiver of the year. Um, and she said, you know, this was an opportunity for me to further my career. Um, right at home sent, I believe, 20 caregivers through the CNA certificate program at TCL, thanks to grant funding from Apprenticeship Carolina that I think totaled around $20,000. And that was just in the last few years. I'm still going. I'm still trying to give them money. Um, and I have, I have money to give. That's the thing. I have, I'm, I have money to pay for these education costs at TCL. Um, you know, you see apprenticeship being utilized in Charleston, and a lot of the successes I know of are in Charleston just because apprenticeship is still. There. Right. Yeah. yeah. Apprenticeship is a new concept here. Apprenticeship has existed here, but this is the first time we have had a consultant here full time um, because we saw the growing need and the demand and the interest. So that's why they put me here full time versus the way it used to be. And so a lot of the history I know is elsewhere in the state. Um, but you see people who will tell you that, you know, a young woman at Cummins Turbo back in 2016, when I first did this project for the Charleston Metro Chamber, um, both her parents were in the Marine Corps. And she said, if it weren't for Apprenticeship Carolina, I would probably be working at a fast food restaurant or in retail. Not that that's not a bad job, yeah, a job. but it's it's not going to give you the kind of kind of advancement that maybe you want in a career path. And what apprenticeship gives is it allows you the opportunity to access careers that you might not otherwise have access to. So, you know, for example, the CNA program at TCL costs $1,500 to get that certificate. $500 might be a lot of money for someone. Maybe that $1,500 isn't even um, attainable. And maybe there's someone who four-year college is not an attainable option. Maybe that's something that, that they're not even considering and they don't know what to do with their life. Apprenticeship is a great answer there because it gives them an ability to access a certain career and they can train in it and they can become fully competent um, where they might not otherwise have had access. Maybe they don't know that being an electrician is a really great career path. They don't know how much it pays. They don't know what the day looks like. They don't know... Um, you know, kind of the different options you have because no one has ever exposed them to it. And that's not the fault of anyone here. It's again, still a new concept here, but that, that's why I exist to try to get the word out. Um, so I, I'm trying to think of other specific success stories. Well, to go back to what I was saying about Shannon, what I loved about Shannon's story so much is that she was a youth apprentice um, she graduated high school with almost her full associate's degree finished at Trident Technical College. And she graduated with almost no debt. I don't, I don't think she had any debt because most of it should have been paid for through the apprenticeship program. She went on to work for Cummins Turbo. She bought a house. She bought a car. Cummins Turbo paid for her to go back and get her bachelor's degree. And at 21, 22 years old, she owns a house, owns a car, has this really great job. 
And when you sit in those, the signing day events, and you hear how many people in that room are the first of their family to go to college, um, and, and that apprenticeship provided them that opportunity, it's just such a great feeling to, to know that you're helping people access something that they might not otherwise have had access to. Well, we realize that there may be a lot of different uh, audiences, folks coming at this podcast from a lot of different mindsets. So of course, there is that of the businesses. And if you are a business that would like to register an apprenticeship and would like more information about how to do that, of, co- of course, Nicole will, will help you do that. Uh, perhaps you are uh, an adult uh, in a current role and you really believe that uh, you either want to pivot or transition uh, your skill set into a new career. Mm-hmm. Uh, perhaps in the business you are, they will upskill you in an apprentice, in an existing employee. You Absolutely. could become an apprentice in the job that you're in uh, to take you to, to the next level of your employment. And of course, we've talked about a couple of times youth apprenticeships. There are a lot of parents uh, that are still shaking their head wondering, what is my child going to do when they graduate high school? I don't know. They're they're interested. They, they like their task based. They are project based. They like to tinker with things. They always love to be out in the garage or um, they love health care. They always take care of the puppies in the yard uh, every time they, they fall down or get sick. Um, so you know these natural dispositions of your children. So perhaps uh, an apprenticeship program in high school and just touch on really quick, and we, I promise we'll wrap this up. Last question. The types of businesses that can register apprenticeships. I know the answer and it is so incredibly robust, <laughs> but in this particular region, we have a lot of uh, specialized kinds of businesses beyond, you know, healthcare, but IT, our resorts, our tourism, can any of those jobs be be apprenticed? Oh, absolutely. And all of that's considered non-traditional industries, but that's where we are growing probably the fastest in South Carolina. I have over a thousand apprenticeable occupations available for me to help companies kind of target what might be the best program. But absolutely, hospitality is a huge focus. Um, it's going to be a huge focus for Apprenticeship Carolina as we move forward and try to support businesses that, you know, suffered losses during the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, you know, as I think hospitality in manufacturing were the two largest losses uh, due to to, COVID COVID last year. And so that's going to be a huge focus for us, especially here in the low country. Um, But when you look at at a resort, for example, you have anywhere from a hotel associate, you have a restaurant cook, you have a greenskeeper. You have an IT person. You have an IT person. Exactly. All of those are apprenticeable. You you might have electrician, HVAC. All of that is apprenticeable. Um, I mean, speaking of IT, I can work with IT companies, network technicians, cybersecurity, all of that, software development, software programming. Um, And then you get into traditional trades like electrician, HVAC, um, healthcare, certified nursing assistant, licensed practical nurse, um, patient care technician. I'm like rattling off my names here because I have so many. But like I said, over a thousand options. Most likely we can come up with something that works for you to the help business you. business and the individual. Mm-hmm. That sounds good. Mm-hmm. Nicole Bentley, Apprenticeship Carolina, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we just th- are so thankful for the work that you and your team do. Uh, this is a division of the South Carolina Technical College System, and we also appreciate our partners at Technical College of the Low Country. We could not do this, of course, without them as well and their partnership in the region. Thanks for joining us. Of course. Thank you, Hannah. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Never miss an episode of the Chamber Channel's Five Questions podcast by subscribing to our channel on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. 